Welcome all to this week's episode with Helen Sadler from Flixwatcher. We're going to be talking about indie folk. And if you know me at all, you're thinking probably, oh dear, will Barbara enjoy any of this? But it turns out that it's not your average indie folk that we're talking about today. And Helen was a really wonderful guest and put together some eclectic playlists. So let's get into The National and Sharon Van Etten. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Überschätzt. Over underrated. Over underrated. Welcome to another episode of Over Underrated with Fran and Babs. How are we doing today, Fran, in Saharan dust Europe? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's raining in sunny Bournemouth and I just had a shepherd's pie. Okay, keep going, keep going, keep the Britishness up, come on. Um, I'm, what else can I pretend I'm, I I just had a cup of tea Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have a bubble bath later on. Is that a British thing? That's very good. With, um... Original source shower gel, maybe, or like, well, what's I, will, the bar? I will keep it local and I have uh, a Lush branded uh, bath bomb. Excellent, because Lush are from Paul, right? So they are indeed. Okay, and then I will have a, a Yvita also from Paul. <laughs> what really? It's not Swedish. No, Yvita is from Paul. I did not know this. Okay. Well, wow. welcome to the <laughs> facts. Hashtag facts. Um, and what is the music you're going that you've been listening to, British or otherwise, Fran? What have you been listening to this week? I have not been listening to anything British. I've been listening to Canadian-based new pornographers. Oh yeah, what are those bands that I vaguely know of, but not very much, and they seem a bit melodic. They they, they do love a bit of melody, but the reason is because like I've always dabbled, and I thought you know what. I'm going to give them a deep dive and make a little playlist because I love a bit of playlist. Mm-hmm. So I made my 20 of the best of the new pornographers this week. Why not? How about yourself? I am doing good. I have actually been listening to Belgian music mostly this week because Stromae put out a new album and Charlotte Adigeri put out a new album and they are both fantastic. It's really best of Belgium. It's really nice because Stromae is huge, obviously, so it's like... He's getting all the press. He's been on Jamie Fallon and stuff. But Charlotte Adigeri, it's, it's, let's say, a bit more underrated. We've discussed her before. But I think her album got like a ridiculous score on Pitchfork and stuff like that. So it's it's really nice to see someone who you've followed for a few years is from Belgium, you know, not the uh, yeah most well-known of pop, rock, electro countries. So that's been really nice. But we are not alone today. We have a special guest with us. So welcome, Helen, from the Flixwatcher podcast. Hello. Hello, so happy to be here. Glad to have you. Have you been listening to anything in particular this week, music-wise? I've been away, so I haven't been listening to that much music, but um, I um, tend to listen to, and this is really bad, but Spotify's like artist playlists, and um, I get quite caught up with them and um, have been listening to the likes of... um, so one we're going to be talking about Sharon Van Etten's is a, a very big one and then from there I ended up in a best at well kind of zone and then kind of wrap back around with Angel Olsen so I'm in that kind of um, vibe at the moment. You're in that vibe it's only normal because we've brought you on to discuss we've decided it's called Indie Folk today <laughs> and you've mentioned Sharon Van Etten who we're going to be discussing as your underrated artist but first up top is your overrated artist who you want us to stress you don't think are overrated but who who are you which Bayer moths are you bringing today to discuss with us Helen on on this Indie Folk episode? 
the national. There we go. So you're, when we were kind of exchanging emails, thinking about which topics to talk about, you said it was one of the bands you listened to the most in, in 2021, right? They were high on your Spotify rap. So how, why are you such a big fan of the national? I think they're just kind of like one of those bands that you don't kind of like casually like. like people who tend to like the national like really like them and they'll have like songs that they can kind of like pinpoint moments in their lives to. And if you go and see the national, then everyone tends to be quite sort of intense and having their like own moment with the national. And I just think they're a band that don't necessarily take themselves that seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, even though some of their songs kind of, can be quite sort of serious and they kind of like shouty or sad they kind of sway between shouty sad (laughs) sometimes sad shouty um so you know that's that's kind of where they are um but I just the moment they entered my life I was like this is a band that I enjoy and they're one of the few bands like my favorite bands who are still producing music and touring regularly because like a lot of my bands now that I enjoy don't really release much stuff so they're a band that I can still look forward to a release and still know that they're, they're going to be around and tour so um yeah that's that's my my love of the national yeah Fran I think you like the national right yeah I'm not a massive national fan I don't own any, any of the albums and I probably only got into them around the high violet era so they were always the band that the girl I fancied in the mid-noughties liked. <laughs> I heard a, tr- a track we're going to discuss later on, and I thought, oh, actually, they're pretty decent, aren't they? Aren't they, the old national? And they always feel like a bit like the American version of Elbow, the way that they took a few albums to sort of, like, get big. And then, you know, they've, uh, they never really had a hit single ever every national a bit like Arcade Fire the one is bands who could headline a festival but if you ask Average Joe they can't name a single song by them I think they definitely struggle yeah I mean I'm a big fan but I've never listened to their first two albums just they don't really play anything from them and I, I think I maybe have listened to them a couple of times and my entry came a, a friend said when we were at Glastonbury 2010 oh we should go and see the national and I was like oh, I think I've heard some of their tunes and um went to see them and that was kind of like my moment there um but yeah sort of kind of like went into the back catalogue but for some reason the first two albums just don't do anything for me um i heard matt on a podcast say that like when they released um, alligator it was their make and break album and their first two albums they kind of were in the same scene as like other new york bands like the strokes and yeah yeah yes and felt they should be doing like indie but it wasn't really for them. So the third album, I thought, right, what, what's our strengths? And Matt said, okay, I'm going to go for lyrics and a band going to go for like, you know, sort of like melodic, melancholic indie. And that's where they sort of found the sound. So I think to them, Alligator is their first album. And I think their first ever single from Alligator as well with, with Abel. So that kind of is, yeah, like their unofficial debut album. Interesting, because, yeah, I... I know very little about The National and my live experience was nowhere near as positive as uh, Rachel or Helen's. So they were on after Richard Ashcroft, but before Kraftwerk. 
and it was an extremely 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 hot day and I went to get a very cold drink and I just could not wait for them to finish because it is very depressing music and I was like I am so not in the mood for this like I really need some energy and some innovation so I was just like I, I know I knew them as you know as Helen said like a cult band like people who like them really like them I know the name Matt Berninger but I was just like this is it oh god um so, so that's why I've come in intrepidation let's say you know I, I I knew them as like slow earnest indie and I thought they would be the kind of band like a lot of bands that we've discussed where it's like oh but part of the joy is the lyrics and as we always say like for me lyrics are not not as important um but as ever trying to come in without those prejudices and I was really happy to see Helen that you you know for both of your playlists you picked you know not just from one album you picked from from the wider discography so i was your approach to kind of show the best of throughout the years or was it does it just happen that five of your favorites are from five different albums it was really hard because they've the, the albums that i've discounted like even without that they've got like quite a few albums yeah so it's like how can i pick my favorites <laughs> um but yeah so i tried to kind of maybe tell a story or like a little bit more of like my my musical journey through the national um and like some of them like of like peak national song like fake empire i think is probably like a, a real fan favorite if they play live and they don't include that then it's like it's real upset for for the fans and they did three gigs uh, in hammersmith apollo a few years ago and there was a lot of um fan discussion about the different different set lists and who got what on what night and it's one of those things where you're a band and you've got so many albums and mm -hmm. so many great songs that someone is always going to be a bit disappointed like I don't know how they choose their set list because sometimes they miss ones off and people are like how dare they not play my favorite song <laughs> so Fran have you seen the National Live no I have not seen the live I've seen them like I've seen the doc documentary film and that's like a, a tour. So I've seen them on TV live, but never in person, mm -hmm. surprisingly. Yeah, surprisingly, because for once, you know, me and Helen are the ones who've, uh, who've gone to watch the band and you haven't. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do wonder if I would have appreciated the National more did I know some of their songs. I think, yeah, it was just, yeah, the, the particular setting of like a heat wave in Belgium with no shade, no water, like a, a man with a very deep voice singing about sadness was not was not what I wanted <laughs> to at the time. So, so yeah. I, I remember like, in, I saw The Cure in Hyde Park a few years ago, it was like the hottest day of the year, and Interpol was supporting and they played at 3pm. And I was like, if you not, if you don't know Interpol, this is not the best way to see <laughs> This does not work. <laughs> All dressed in black. But before we get into your playlist, Helen, yeah, we have to address something because, you know, we normally ask people to pick five songs, but you've picked a bonus song. So, yeah, I don't know how, how you want to do this. Do you have the five that you that you really are core? And then, you know, we just have a bit of a side discussion on the bonus. What what do you think? Uh, the bonus one was just a kind of like throw it in there. It's just something we, we should probably should mention. It's not one of my favorites. And but it was just something that came out and it was like, oh, interesting okay. collaboration and okay um okay well then then let's go through your top five and then talk about the interesting collaboration what what a teaser guys what could it be you don't have the internet and you can't see so helen what is the first song on your national playlist it's 
the first track was Fake Empire, which I've already mentioned briefly, which is off the um, album Boxer. Um, and I think this was probably the one that a, a friend of mine showed me, listened, um, played me and sort of said that was their favourite. And I've got like loads of memories of working with them uh, and kind of like us playing the song a lot. And um, I just think the kind of the structure, like the, it opens with kind of the, the really slow piano that sort of feels like it's a little bit out of time and then ends with kind of like this big brass ensemble, which kind of feels like it should be maybe at the start of the song or the middle of the song, but it, it's at the end. And the, the, the lyrics, are, the lyrics are poetry, man, um, talking about <laughs> lemonade and apple pies and the, I just think there's just kind of like this really warm feeling about it. And the, the, the lyrics, I think, for kind of all the, the national songs, they're, they're kind of like slightly obscure, but sort of in a way that you can kind of attach a time or a person or a specific memory to that song and make it your own. And I think he's kind of like deliberately ambiguous about these lyrics that he's not certainly, you know, going to give you like a whole story, but it's, you, you can just kind of like think, well, you know, this is about this moment in my life or attach it to a girl you used to fancy or mm -hmm. something like that. So lyrically, it's really beautiful. And yeah, this, the structure is just quite unusual. I don't think I'd really heard that many bands mess around with kind of pianos and brass in, in guitar songs it's mainly more like you know guitar and singing so yeah so Fran did you know the song yeah I was always aware of it and um, Matt said this is the song that saved the band like they were on a make and break when they did the third album they were on a new label and then once they wrote this they felt safe and I think that um, Matt's wife is a, a writer for the New Yorker and he felt like he had to up his game to impress her. So he wrote, <laughs> that's where he wrote Fake Empire. And, right. it worked, and it worked. And he said that once they put horns, they knew that they had something. And that was like, okay, we're confident. We can, you know, we can go for another year, at least as a band. But um, that said, for some, for some reason, I don't love it. Like, it lacks something. I don't know what it is. It's, it, it, I, I love the the verse and the like how it it changes the time signature and everything but I don't know there's something missing and what's interesting says that when he plays it live the audience clap along and usually it's the wrong time <laughs> so he says it's one of his best songs to play but also the worst song he can sing <laughs> that's interesting yeah when when the wistful piano started I thought oh no no I knew I knew I wouldn't like this but Helen I totally agree with you I much preferred the brass section why does it only come in at the end it is it is what makes the song uh totally i would have i would have liked it interspersed or, or closer to the, to the beginning as well i do like his deep voice like although i i think it somehow doesn't go with the music or you know maybe maybe it does but not for me because it's so low he's like you know a gentle bear and i think there's something low energy about it that I just feel very maybe it's because I've got ADHD and he just doesn't you know he doesn't doesn't hit the dopamine receptors for me personally um you know so I, I feel like on all the songs I could appreciate his voice but on most of them it's like I appreciated it as separate to the song but I loved the drums the drums on so many of these songs are great they're very clean they're very clear mm -hmm. and very original so so yeah I didn't I didn't hate it, but I, I knew from when the piano started that I wouldn't like it. And I was very confused by the lyrics 
do our gay ballet on ice. <laughs> what does that mean, Ellen? Do you have any more intel on that? <laughs> I mean, whatever you want it to be. That's that's the the beauty of it. Like, you know, maybe you went ice skating and did some gay ballet with your friends <laughs> and that was your favourite moment and you had put gin in your lemonade and it was the best night ever and then you never saw each other again who knows oh now i really want some gin okay well thank you helen for painting a picture <laughs> but yeah but matt, matt also isn't a fan of his voice so oh is he not but he says he finds this tempo fits his kind of singing easier than like a a faster song so that's why they went down this direction afterwards okay and then yeah what so uh the second choice from your list helen is from an album that i know the album cover very very well uh did not know it was the national thought it was someone completely different uh i feel like that's an iconic piece of artwork but i'd never heard any songs from it so what's your second pick the second pick is sea of love from the album trouble with trouble will find me and it also does it's one of those songs that the lyrics feature the name of the album also in that is quite satisfying when that happens i have to say Uh, but yeah this this album you know when you listen to an album to death so much that you have to have a period where you have to break up with that album because it's getting unhealthy and you (laughs) need to have a break so that this album for me was was probably that and it just reminds me of being in London at a particular time and this song in particular I really like the music video um it's very simple one it's just like a single shot and they're in a room and there's a little child wearing a suit and they're all moving at different times but they're all slightly moving at the same time as some of the instruments and some of the sounds so it's like weirdly distorting in the different kind of movements it's it's one of the best songs of 2019 2019 i've got 2013 no 2013 obviously uh typo but yeah when the harmonica goes underneath the chorus and the military drums start to happen it hit me straight away the first time i heard it i like the hypnotic guitars like nick cave and then it has like two choruses at the end of like a one-two punch which always hits me and i think it's one of their best songs and i would love to hear this live let it happen please um, yeah, I much preferred this kind of urgent start and the, this kind of whining rhythm guitar. I like how it keeps shifting focus um, unexpectedly and the drums. But unlike you, Fran, when the harmonica comes in and the chorus happens, I was like, oh, no. Like, I I enjoyed it on repeated listening. But to me, and I'm sorry, this is like subpar editors or Interpol is what I felt like. There's a lot of elements there that, you know, are, are seen in those bands. And I, it's not just his voice. Like, I, I, I don't know why I didn't like the chorus. It, it wasn't just the fact that it was melodic, but it, it took away the, the yeah, it took away the focus from me. It, it, it went sideways. And, and yeah, I, I would have really liked, a bit like the previous song, to kind of mix up the order and take a few things out and move it around personally for this one. Do you not even like, I said, baby, I love you. That bit, no? No. No. (laughs) Moving on, moving on. What's your next pick, Helen? So the next one is Light Years, which is off their most recent album, I'm Easy to Find. Um, Kind of getting a feeling that you may not like this one, uh, Babs. Uh, This one is probably like peak sad national. Um, it features the, the this whole album kind of had like a few videos that Alicia uh, Vikander was in 
so oh, she's nice. in all of the kind of the videos and the artwork and everything and uh i was watching the video on youtube before and uh, i was having a look at some of the comments i love reading comments for online stuff and someone wrote this song it's like an angel's wing touch oh, wow <laughs> which i thought was very beautiful and very oh. sweet um but yeah this this is really like intense um like a song that you could basically apply to sort of any relationship that maybe you've you've had and that's gone and it's it's missing and it's really emotional song um so i think it's definitely one of the the highlights of their most recent album i read it on youtube for the same song that no one can express the glory and pain more than the national and that's from youtube fan paul sander thank you paul <laughs> You say, Helen, that you expected me not to like this one. Actually, this one was my favourite so far. I think because of the... I, I like the, the the piano and the, how the motif keeps repeating. And I think his voice combines very well with, uh, with the piano. And the lyrics are so obviously about heartbreak. And so, you know, you, you feel him talking about being light years away. And yes, it is a bit slow. And I didn't save it to my Spotify playlist, but I did add it to my chill playlist. So there we go. Consider that a result. <laughs> I'm surprised. Um, yes, I love the bright piano line mixing with Matt's baritone. It always squeezes my heart. And <laughs> I imagine if I was at university, I'd play this and uh, when pretending to read some 19th century literature to impress people. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's maybe it's not one of the, the best. It's, it's just uh, a very typical national song. But it's a good thing but it wouldn't be in my top five. Well, let's see if the next one would be in your top five, Fran. What's your next pick, Helen? So the next one is Blood Buzz Ohio, which is off High Violet. So this was probably, I think the Six Music might pick this one up. And this was when they started to get more radio play on, on the BBC and the album that I sort of remember sort of listening to more when it, it came out and, uh, it just kind of like feels really cinematic. It's like a, a song from a, an imaginary movie in your head. And it's just got that like really good build. And I think it was just like, it was just like the vibe of a time. And I remember seeing them at, at Glastonbury and there was this one moment where um, Matt was like, just staring out and he was like, oh, it's just a beautiful sunset. And it was broad like sunlight. And we all sort of turned around and went, Eh? <laughs> and then they played this and it was all great and wonderful um so yeah it's kind of like i feel like this, this is the really cinematic moment mm. and, the, and the video is also like a little short film as well isn't it um yeah this is when i first discovered the national and yeah as soon as i heard that first line and that, and that drum pattern behind I was like, oh, this is very much to me. And then as soon as you start singing, and the money, and the money, and the money, that was like stuck in my head for like a week. And I don't think I've ever heard the phrase blood buzz before, but I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think any of the songs ever used the word blood buzz. And yeah, I, just, I love the piano, I love the horns. It's like a creates a, a lovely dynamic energy. And it's the sort of song that I'd love to dance to, but I don't know where they would play this. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, this is for me their best song, and I think for many people it's a it's like the definitive national track. Yeah, so this was the only one that I knew from the playlist, and I didn't realise I was like, oh, it's it's that song, and 
I did know they were from Ohio. I think God knows why. And from doing a bit of research about this, it seems like, you know, like you were saying, Helen, that it could be interpreted in a lot of ways, but it is about, I guess, like returning to Ohio, returning to, to the hometown. I wrote that the good drums are back and it's sounding more editor's Interpol again at the beginning, which was good. But then when the piano comes in and his low, low voice, I, I'm, I'm just not a fan. I, I'm, I'm less engaged with this than, yeah, again, I keep coming back to, to editors and Interpol. So because because I know, I guess I have some memories attached to it, but I also don't know where I would have heard this because I don't really listen to Six Music. Was I living in England? I wasn't living in England, so, you know, it might be like an outre choice, an indie disco or something like that. But yeah, I have I have no idea. But yeah, I it, it, it doesn't surprise me that this is peak the national. This is what I would think would be peak the national. And that's why I'm not such a big fan. I, 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 I prefer Light Years to Blood Buzz Ohio by a mile. But I guess, you know, if you're comparing it to Interpol and editors, the neutral influences Joy Division. But I guess mm-hmm. that's mainly because of the, of the voice, isn't it? Any baritone voice is always linked to Ian Curtis, I guess. The thing is, right, it's like his voice is quite original when placed with this music. I want to like it, but unfortunately I, I, I don't. How, how do you feel about his voice, Helen? Are you a fan or like does it depend on the song? Yeah, I'm a fan. I quite like his solo stuff as well, which is a bit like National Light, but his okay. his kind of voice. Um, it's one that I struggle to get that low when I'm singing along. So like, <laughs> yeah. sorry, neighbours in lockdown, a lot of <laughs> national listening. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love like Nick Cave as well. So it's, it's, in, it's in my wheel park for kind of like, gravelly male singers so yeah they all seem to be in the same sort of gang as like Bonnevere and Safian Stevens and PJ Harvey and Arcade Fire they all seem to be in the same sort of a slightly depressing indie music gang yeah uh, which you know Latitude will, will be embracing yeah I mean all of those are like yes tick tick tick, tick, tick. <laughs> <laughs> but like what so I, I think one of the issues I have with the National is that I, I feel, and I'm not saying this about you, Helen, but I feel like they're kind of, their fans are the kind of people who think they're more intellectual than they actually are, or they're, they're deeper than they actually are. And that kind of annoys me. And but here I'm like, it's too vague for me to feel it's beautiful. I can't really associate. Um, so yes, sorry about that. But I will say that your final pick, Helen, is is intriguing, especially because it's much earlier than any of the other songs on uh on this playlist right so the final one um is about today which um is often an ep called cherry tree uh, which came out in 2004 and the first time i heard this was it's on the soundtrack to the film warrior with uh tom hardy and uh sam worthington and i think it plays over the end credits if i remember i think it's a so that film came out in 2011 and um I shazammed it in the cinema. I was like, oh, I recognise the sound of this. Oh, it's by The National. I don't know this one. What album is it on? It's not on an album. It was on an EP, which kind of like back in the day was quite hard to find. But obviously with Spotify and the internet, it is available online a lot more than it would be trying to track it down. So it's it's one of those that um, kind of is, is a fan favourite as well. So when they um, play that one live, it's like a little bit of a treat because it's not off, off the rain main album but again I probably think it's quite similar to maybe Light Years and sort of its um, tone and vibe but again it's I don't know whether this is slightly annoying but it also it's kind of feels like it, it's going to go somewhere with the song but then it just sort of ends 
Am I right in saying that? Because I also first discovered it watching the the, the film, but I can't pronounce because my speech impediment. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a live version. And when I first went to discover it, I didn't like this version on the on the Cherry uh, album Tree as much as the version on on the Warrior. And uh, yeah, and the live version is better. So if you want to check it out, try and discover for the live version, um, which is on the soundtrack. But yeah, I, I love the uh, the guitars interweaving. And I love how he pauses a lot and goes, about tonight, in a, in a romantic, heartbreaking manner. Um, so yeah, I, I adore this track. And this is also another gateway for me into the, the world of the national. And yeah, same period, I think Bruce Springsteen did The uh, the Wrestler. And I had an that song at the end of that was a similar kind of style, which uh, Babs hated. So this would be, this would be fun. Actually, this is my favorite. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think what you said, Helen, that it was similar and like similar to like isn't vibe. I hadn't thought about that, but I think it is. Um, I really like it. I think because it's what you said, friend. It's the interplay between the instruments. I don't know if it's a violin or a viola, but it's very simple. Vi- you know, string instrument, guitar, percussion. The percussion is great. I don't know. I don't know what he's hitting, but it builds and and the voice works in in harmony. So I think it is the most harmonious song. I'm I'm still not saving it. It's only going onto the onto the chilled playlist. But I here I could really appreciate the the musicianship, the tightness, how everything came together. I think yeah, with the, with a lot of the other songs on this playlist, I was like, oh, I like a bit here and I like a bit here. No, this this one works in its uh, its entirety. And yeah, I was very intrigued to see why something where you'd pick something off an ep so it's very, of course of course there had to be a film story we, we have a, a film podcaster on today so uh, so yeah thank you very much <laughs> a lot of people who like radiohead also like the national so i'm surprised you've been pushing back is it his vocals does it perhaps um i think it's the fact it, it's the vocals and the quietness of it because i do like radiohead but i generally prefer guitar louder bloopy bleepy radiohead to fake plastic trees radiohead mm-hmm. and yeah i i was surprised to see the variety on the on the playlist that um helen provided which is what i was hoping for so i'm i'm, I'm glad we discussed it but yeah i think it, it's just it is a, a certain kind of indie from the for me late late noughties early 2000s that was all in vogue you know all those artists you mentioned Sufian Stevens you know, Devendra Banaha all that I'm like oh it's, it's just it's not for me it's too it's too earnest I think that's what it is it's too earnest like it not that Radiohead uh you know have a massive sense of humor but maybe maybe they have a bit more of one but um have you heard uh Mr November that's their their fast track which they end a lot of the gigs with is that right Helen uh, yeah, they do. It's um, it's the loud, sweary one. That was a consideration for this list, mm. but unfortunately, it, it didn't make the cut. I, I will, I will go and listen. I will go and listen. But yeah, Helen, you wanted to discuss a surprise collaboration. I, I guess because it's bringing the national to a new audience, right? Yeah. So, twenty twenty one was uh, the the second sort of Taylor Swift album that sort of arrived and. Uh, the first one was Folklore, which had Bon Iver on it, which I, I really, really liked. And then this came shortly after, and this with Coney Island, um, which was uh, written by Bryce and, and Aaron from the band, and Matt provided the vocals uh, written with Taylor, because she does write her songs. 
uh and yeah i think a, a, a friend sent it to me it's like hey you like the national and uh i was like yes what is this um so it's it's kind of i think i described it as a bit of like a national b-side type thing but um yeah re- really interesting to kind of like hear taylor and matt singing together and i think it's kind of sort of shows really her her range of influences and maybe perhaps I might have written her off as kind of like a bit poppy before and this has kind of made me sort of maybe look at her in a little bit of a different way so I wanted to kind of like add that as a little curveball at the end. I mean Fran we know you like Taylor Swift right? Well I loved the song Exile I had it on on repeat for all of 2020 um, with a tear in my eye and you know I'm gonna say I even like Taylor Swift back in the the red years I had never heard this before I don't know why what how do you know what <laughs> I don't miss that one yeah I'm, I'm, sh- I'm shocked <laughs> I remember like caring that she made two albums and I don't know why maybe I was so in love with Exile I thought oh I can't bear in case it's not as good um so this was interesting to find to discover and yeah it's 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 very much a national sound um it you know i could hear i could hear the lyrics and think yeah that's a lot of my previous relationships there although i do win arcade prizes to, uh unlike in the song ladies you're hearing thank that? you yep yeah. i i can win you something and uh <laughs> i love i love the big the big birthday cake happy birthday cake line um the backing vocals are angelic it's like a little choir in the background and yeah i was in love when I heard the song and especially uh, watching on YouTube with the lyrics um, over Coney Island. So thank you, Helen, for introducing this song to me. And here comes Bab to break my heart. Uh, yeah, of course. Well, I mean, if I'm breaking your heart, then that's within the theme of Taylor Swift's, uh, a lot of Taylor Swift songs, right? Um, so yeah, I, I am not a Swifty, but my, and but I feel like the songs of Taylor Swift that I like are the ones that no one does, or, you know, the fans that I, I like, I really like Bad Blood. That's my favorite. The one with, with Kendrick Lamar on the verse, not the album track. And I quite like a lot of songs off Reputation, um, which again, yeah, it's not folky, it's not poppy, it's not country. Um, so I because I vaguely knew about Evermore, I knew that it was it was more folky and it would be the national. Um, I thought, is it going to sound like a national song? And yeah, I think like you said, Helen, it's like it sounds like a national B side. But like you, I think their voices work very well together because you know he is so gruff and she is more feminine. It 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 works. It's like I I would like a bit more of that in the national. Actually, maybe it would be nice if. Um, if there were some more guest vocalists, um, well, but song-wise, well, <laughs> well, oh, oh, there, oh. there, there are Light Years um, features a lot more guest vocals than like any of their other work as well. And oh yeah, they also oh, yeah. took the I think it was the Staves. They took the Staves on tour to do the backing vocals for for the the tracks on that. Um, can't remember. Annoyingly, sometimes like the national songs have titles that have no relevance to the the lyrics, and it's really hard to remember what they're called. But I will find out if you want the specific one. I will find out yes, at please. the end and um, let you know that specific <laughs> one, so you don't have to listen to the whole album. Uh, but I can't remember the name off the top of my head because it's it's a weird title. Okay. But yeah, uh, the the artist we're going to talk about in a minute is features on national albums. Oh, and uh, so does Saint, Vin- Saint Vincent, I believe, as well, were sung with them. So yeah. But are they there in in the guise, or is it featuring, you know, Saint Vincent? I don't think they hide it. I think they're no? fe- yeah, because I think uh, the the uh, guitar player from National, one of the twins, I've got his name. He um, produced uh, Sharon's work as well. So there's a lot of 
intermingling okay well yeah so you know having said you know a few nice things about the song it's not for me it's pure americana um that's it's not my and like referencing coney island i was i felt quite cynical about it i'm like of course they have like this little chintzy chintzy song and they're going to be talking about you know coney island you know which is this kind of you know, definitely that kind of tragic glamour, old-time glamour in, in New York. And I was like, yeah, okay. I wonder how many times Matt or Taylor have been to Coney Island to have an ice cream or play on the arcades. So, so yeah, I, I'm glad that I listened to it. And um, I guess, you know, Mark Lanigan, RIP, you know, he did he did the albums with Isabel Campbell and that's two artists with completely different voices. And they're, they're one of those collaborations where I've never quite gone into it, but... It, this has made me think like actually that maybe this is my thing you know gruff men with ungruff women uh maybe maybe i should give it another shot <laughs> would you enjoy a love song set in blackpool with tom york and eddie golding oh my god yes eddie golding and tom york where where'd you pull that out of a hundred equivalent <laughs> I would absolutely love that i will send an email um... <laughs> make it happen <laughs> So after this, Fran, what do you think? Do you think that The National are overrated? Well, I like The National. I've never found the adulation that some people give them. And I've watched a film. I've listened to four or five albums. And I would say that I probably only like maybe 20 songs across their entire catalogue. So I don't think they're as good as some people think they are. So I think that they are slightly overrated, which will shock you, maybe. Slightly. But I've not seen them live. I think if I saw them live, I would maybe enjoy them a little bit more. Yeah, so I saw that four of the band's albums were included in Enemy's 2013 list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. They're overrated. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just like, four? Four albums? I mean, okay, yeah, in 2013 is when Trouble Will Find Me came out. So I'm guessing they're on the consciousness of people. But they have 3.1 million monthly listeners. And while definitely, you know, thank you, Helen, for putting this playlist together, I, I have maybe a bit more of an appreciation for some of their songs. And clearly, Light Years and um, and About Today, uh, at the directions that I should go in. I'm not I'm not quite convinced, I'm afraid. Um, but yeah, Helen, I mean, we should give you the floor to give one final defense of, uh, of the national and and why why you think we're terribly wrong about them being overrated. I mean, to be honest, they probably are a little bit overrated. <laughs> <laughs> now you've managed in the stats. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't change the fact that like I absolutely love them and um, I've got tickets to see them live this summer, hopefully. Where? So they're playing at All Points East Festival, which I think cool. there's there's tickets left for that. And then I have got tickets to see them at Brixton Academy, but it was cancelled. I don't know if it's going to be rescheduled, but hopefully it's going to happen. And every album they're going to release, I'm I'm going to buy and I'm going to listen and relive my my national memories in in my head. But yeah. I, I can understand like why they might not resonate with everyone. Um, you're 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 here better representing the national fans, I have to say, Helen, because yeah, you're you're coming across very, very uh, balanced and and nice and, and reasonable. <laughs> That's not my impression that I had of them. Well, I think Brixton Academy would be, would be perfect because it's it's big and small at the same time, and it's, and it's small enough that Matt may get in the crowd and sing. You know, I've been to one where he's he does that. 
Yeah. He gets in the crowd. It's a very special moment. But you can't really do that at Glastonbury, can you? So, you know, that would be a great gig. I would see if I can get to the Brixton Academy. Fingers crossed. Hey, podcast lovers. Now available, a new podcast experience featuring exclusive miniseries like Food Babes and all new series that takes a fun look at everyone's real first true love, food. Milky Way Marvels, a lighthearted astronomy series where we explore the fascinating wonders of our galaxy. Pop culture icons, an entertaining, nostalgic look back at various nouns in popular culture, plus more. Relax, enjoy, listen, laugh, and maybe even learn. Podcast, presented by Sonic Embassy. Now streaming everywhere you listen. Access quick links to your favorite places to listen now at solo.to slash Sonic Embassy. Underrated. Welcome back to part two. And we're going to be discussing an underrated act at the moment, at least according to Helen. Helen, who have you picked for Indie Folk Underrated Act? Of the, as I say, of the year. Uh, an Indie Folk Underrated Act. <laughs> is the one and only Sharon Van Etten. S-S-V-E. I definitely, yeah, I had heard of her before. I didn't know that much. Um, so yeah, so again, she was also, from what you said, one of your top Spotify wrapped artists, right? So why why have you picked her today? Yeah, so I, I had a look about my stats. So I had 674.6 hours of Spotify in 2000 and no 2021 that was last year wasn't it um and the top song was let go apparently that was my most uh, listened to song which isn't on an album of hers um but was one obviously that was on mass rotation and um i've kind of I kind of like always knew about her and knew her as being a bit like a kind of an indie folk singer like her, her big hit was the every time the song comes up from in trouble so she was kind of like in my ear space and then it was when she released remind me tomorrow in 2019 um like that album like just is like banger after banger and that was a real album that i ended up listening to a lot during like, the first lockdown um there's a lot of like really good like sing-along songs on there and um she's one of those artists who's been around for for quite a while but has never really kind of made it big and I just think it's interesting she's kind of like re she was all sort of reinventing herself musically but not like an extreme way so it's it's she's one of those artists that has just continually making music that's really interesting to me so that's that's why I picked her and I think more people should hear what she has. I first discovered her in 2019 I guess it was this album and I discovered the song Come Back Kid which made my best of 2019. See, I, I put the wrong order, and uh, that's and I thought she was a new artist. I had never heard anything since, and in fact, today was the first time I realised she'd been going for like nearly ten years beforehand. And I, and she's very different. Her first three albums are more Americana, more uh, you know sparse, and more sad and folky. And I I listened to her podcast as per usual. Uh, and discovered that on this album she wanted to try new things and wanted to go more electronic and she said she wanted to mix Portishead with Nick Cave and Suicide oh yes please which is, uh, yeah and I I so I listened to maybe four or five songs before the, before we started today and I definitely prefer this period of Sharon 
compared to the uh, the previous uh, few albums. So yeah, so what I've heard since, and I knew uh, a couple of tracks we we're going to talk about. So um, yeah, I I guess I'm a fan and waiting. I'm, I'm waiting to discover more of Sharon. Yeah, so I I thought I didn't know any Sharon Van Etten coming in. She's one of those people that like I see on the internet, and um, one of the songs that. Uh, we're talking about today as a collaboration and I'd seen the album artwork for that a lot but I don't know if I just kind of dipped in and thought this isn't for me um but yeah I I I thought I was coming in blind and yeah I was pleasantly surprised to see that she's from New Jersey I feel like we talk about people from New Jersey all the time Fran and there's definitely some influences there from from some people in that era era some people in that area that I I want to talk about um but yeah I was pleasantly surprised to see how many synths there were i was like okay this isn't your 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 standard indie folk musician and i guess uh you know helen all your picks are from 2017 onwards so i'm guessing you also prefer cynthia sharon van etten than rockier sharon van etten yeah definitely um and less not so much like the the kind of like country folkier stuff um it's just something about this this remind me tomorrow album that just seemed a lot more urgent about her music and more like you need to listen to this and you need to hear it whereas before it was a bit kind of like I'm just singing this song and like you might like it you might not <laughs> whereas this is like you need to hear it I'm, I'm screaming so yeah I I have listened to her earlier stuff but it's not really what doesn't make me get up and sing and dance around the living room with my cat <laughs> So yeah, Sharon Van Etten fans, we hope you're with us on this. Um, so so what's your first pick from the list, Helen? My first pick is the absolute banger that is 17, which, oh, I love this song. It, it's, it's so good. Um, there's also, I saw her at Glastonbury in 2019 and very, very, very sweaty. And she was playing in the uh, John Peel tent and it was kind of like the sweat where just dripping off the ceiling and like everyone was just there and um uh, those pre-covid times eh? <laughs> yeah <laughs> drinking a sweat <laughs> the live version of this is incredible and had great fun screaming along to it and it's on um it's on youtube like the bbc glastonbury coverage so you can go and watch the live version i really really recommend it and it really kind of shows like her her vocal range but yeah just like the build-up to this and it's just got like it's like about like New York City and it's just kind of got like that edgy New York vibe like when PJ Harvey did stories from from the city it's that kind of New Yorky vibe going on yeah so I I've been listening to a lot of Lady Tron recently so when I saw 17 I that's that's what I thought so I had to kind of get that out of my mind but yeah I wrote that it reminded me of Anna Calvi Torres with hints of Bruce Springsteen and Bleachers as well um and I, I wrote this again. I'm like, this this would be a nice down-tempo song at an indie disco. And I really like, you know, the mix of guitars and synths. I like it when it goes a bit mad, when she starts, yeah, screaming and, and, and the synths go crazy. But it didn't quite do it for me. Um, I think it might be one that I need repeated lessons of because from the way you've described watching it live, I, I'm there with you. Like, I'm sure that to sing along with other people, this is actually a good one. So... So even though, yeah, I didn't save it and it wasn't for me, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to hold off being, that being my final judgment, I think, at the moment. I um, listened to it, yeah, like a, a discussion on how she wrote it, and she wrote it with a writing partner, and she just did a simple song on there, and the acoustic guitar, and then she told her co-writer 
to sing it back to her. And, co- and her co-writer added the anger at the end of it and the emotion. And then she borrowed that and then um, she said, yeah, it's about her going back to New York and discovering that everything has completely changed. And, you know, she prefers New York, New York coming to 17, that's the idea. And, um, yeah, those weird sounds as the producer is distorting his guitar to make those weird noises in the background. It's not, it's not a synth. And when he went to mix, oh, okay. when, uh, when went to mix it, the mix said, do you want me to keep those noises? Is that an accident? And she said, no, no, no. I wanted to make it edgy. I wanted to make, to make it nothing like Americana. I wanted to remove any Americana from, on this album. And I think no, they succeeded. But I, it's I think... still there. No, I, I, I still think, like, you know, I wrote Bruce Springsteen and Bleachers for a reason. And I mean, I'm, I'm maybe, you know, saying modern Bruce Springsteen, which is also a bit more kind of electronic. But I, I think everything's there. You know, it, it does draw on all her influences from, from what I see. But yeah, Anna Carvey's a good shout. I also think, uh, do you know Joan, the police woman? Yeah, again, one of those I know but know very little about. Similar voice. She's got such a an interesting voice, you know. It's like you fall in love with it. So yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm a fan, and I and I love the uh, how it builds and the harmonies and you know, sort of the explosion at the end. So yeah, um, I love a bit of Seventeen, and I also like a Lady Tron Seventeen too. Yeah, they only want you when you're seventeen, right? Exactly. So, there we go. <laughs> Is this such a popular like number? The songs mm-hmm. for Stevie Nicks as well, and other of ones. Of course, yeah, yeah. I guess sixteen sounds a bit more wrong. <laughs> Perhaps I don't know. More of the seventies vibe, the old sixteen. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I might have talked about this on the podcast before, but I remember going to a nightclub once when I was sixteen because I grew up in Luxembourg. And you could do that at some places and I I, we, I remember being with my friends and meeting these much older guys and they were like oh my god you're 16 amazing like like girls enjoy it because it's shit from here on out and I was like Christ really? what a depressing message to receive from some older people so yeah you know you know enjoy your teenage years guys but like you know there's I, I am enjoying being in my 30s definitely <laughs> Helen what's your second pick so my next one is a fairly uh, recent release. It's the duet with Angel Olsen, Like I Used To. Um, this, I think this was one that um, like Spotify will sometimes tell you when there's a new song by an artist um, when you open it up. And I think I saw it on there or it was on a playlist. And I was like, what is this? What is this magic? Um, I love Sharon Vanette and I love Angel Olsen. And um, yeah, I listen to it a lot. And the, the lyrics are kind of like really kind of post-COVID-y and like uh, avoiding the crowds like I used to, sitting at home like I used to. And I just really love their two voices together. It's like a perfect duet. And the, the sound is really, really polished, which I don't think um, Sharon Van Etten's sound is particularly polished. But this together, I just think it's, it's just like amazing to have these two brilliant voices joining forces in this kind of post-lockdown-y situation like the video is them basically in isolation split screen they're just kind of like lounging around and it's like yeah kind of get that sort of vibe from that so it is one of those songs that's always going to remind me of like the weird year that wasn't quite locked down but was still locked down so yeah it's 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 great who can't you those two voices together, just like mm. a dream come true for me. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, the voices match perfectly. She loves a stabby piano, doesn't she, Sharon? But dun 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 dun. Um, I like the the sort of the climbing bass line comes in occasionally, 
and has little like uh, guitar lines and yeah, it's a perfect accessory for a great song. And it you know it could easily easily have been an acoustic ballad, just two acoustic guitars. But you know, like I said, the production uh, is brilliant and uh, it's a standout track from last year, I believe. I agree that their voices go fantastically together. Um, and Angel Olsen, yeah, she's an interesting one because she is definitely not my usual cup of tea, but she has a lot of very interesting songs. Like, she's she's one of those people that I, I need to go and listen to album several times uh, to, to pick it out. And yeah, Shut Up, Kiss Me is one of the best love or lust songs out there for sure. On this one, unfortunately, it's a bit too country and Americana for me. It was it was my least favorite of the of the playlist. Um, but yeah, I was surprised. Number one, that it came out last year. If you'd have asked me, I would have I would have guaranteed it was like 2015, 2016. I don't know why. Maybe I saw that. Yeah, this is the one where I saw the cover of so much because they're two attractive women, you know, back to back or with like a red background. I just remember seeing it all the time, and I was convinced it was an album, not a single. Mm. So yeah, I think it it would be interesting to see what what else that they they could do and because i didn't pay much attention to the lyrics or watch the video i didn't realize it was about covid and it came out in 2021 so yeah again maybe maybe i need to reconsider i haven't heard any rumors of them doing anything else so yeah i thought it would be like an album but no just that tease isn't it yeah how dare they (laughs) (laughs) but you know sharon collaborated with quite a few people over lockdown she did a a cover of um peace love and understanding with uh, josh home oh okay no i didn't realize check it out it's on the old YouTube. Okay. I mean, yeah, there's there's another collaboration coming up later, but uh, mm. but yeah, let's uh, let's tease for now. Before before then, Helen, what's your third pick? So the uh, third one is um, my most listened to single in 2021. Although it came out in 2020, let go. Um, I think it kind of says a lot about my mindset, really, for the last couple of years. <laughs> um, I don't. Know, I just it's. It's kind of the interesting period because she basically made Remind Me Tomorrow, which was like this kind of like synthy and a little bit darker than before. And then she just has kind of done like some singles and stuff. She hasn't really put out an album and like Let Go and Like I Used To. They're all quite different. And it was just one of those songs that I just really liked and, and thought I kind of wonder whether the next album would be more in that direction. I don't really know. I just I like. Just really like her voice on this one. I enjoyed the spider guitar, the Larry Muller from YouTube drum pattern. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Let Down by the band Radiohead. Ah, the, the, the guitars and the harmonies. And, um, and in the verse, it sounds like she's about to sing Time After Time by Cindy Lauper. The video doesn't work at all. Um, but no, no um, it's, it's decent. Um I got such strong Torres vibes again from this song. Do you know Torres, Helen? Uh, if not, you it's not the footballer. It's uh, its an American woman called Mackenzie Scott. Fran picked one of her songs uh, for the best of 2021. So it's T-O-R-R-E-S. She similarly, um, yeah, I guess similar to Sharon Van Etten. Mm. She started much more, let's say, what, bluesy, grungy indie uh, and has gone much more synthy in the last few years. Um, and her last album was very much at the guitar since Crossroads that I think Shannon Van Etten is. So I, 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 I think you would like her. Um, I wrote, ooh, Cynthia. I do, I do generally prefer <laughs> when, when she's Cynthia. I like them and I like the tinkling piano, but I'm not a fan of her guitars or her vocal line here. So I'm surprised that you said you, you, you compared it to Let Down because 
Let Down is a good Radiohead song. It's not one of my favourites, but that's, yeah, that's not where I went. Um, Maybe, for, I think, for guitars and the harmonies, because you know how it, Let Down has a lot of, like, layered harmonies at the end of it? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, okay, that bit, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then, yeah, fair enough. But, uh, but yeah, I, I felt with this one, it's like, oh, we're almost getting to my sweet spot, but not quite. Not quite. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Nice try, Sharon, but not yet. <laughs> not, not yet. But what's your next pick, Helen? Uh, so the next one is um, another track off um, Remind Me Tomorrow, and this is Jupiter 4. Yeah, I, it was hard to, I mean, I probably could have picked like a lot more off this album, but it wouldn't have been very interesting. Uh, but yeah, this one is just, it's kind of like a bit dark and a bit edgier and a bit kind of like being in sort of an echo chamber of kind of like your 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 mind. And yeah, I just think it's a, I think it's really, really different from maybe the other stuff that came before it. And yeah, one of my, one of my other top ones. I mean, this and Comeback Kid off of that album are like, the, they're the big singles and they are great. But yeah, this one just sneaked in past Comeback Kid. I'm glad because this is my favourite on, on the playlist. It's the moodiest, it's the synthiest. I love the effect on her voice. I looked up what Jupiter 4 was, which is apparently the name of a Roland synthesizer, but it also sounds very spacey, like she's in, she's in Jupiter. And I absolutely love when the bass comes in to interplay with the guitars and the synths. It just, there's a groove that I wasn't expecting. Um, yeah, I was, I was a huge fan of this. And I saw on the track listing that it comes just before 17. So I was like, okay, maybe... Maybe I need to give old Sharon a bit more of a of a of a deep dive because it seems like if there's more stuff like this, yes, please, nom nom nom, give it to me, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, the Jupiter Four was an analog keyboard, and she's a fan of OMD, and and mm-hmm. OMD used that keyboard. Um, yeah, it's got sad simps, it's got a black and white serious video. The video is so serious, it even has credits. Um, <laughs> which don't get emotional music videos. Um, although she is, she is an actress, isn't she? She's been in like yes. the yeah, yeah in a couple of Netflix shows. Um, this would be perfect for a moody Netflix TV show, I believe. Um, a YouTuber said that this video made him stare at the wall whilst holding shoelaces. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Good or bad? Like uh, who knows? But it got twenty four likes. <laughs> I love, like, we've started doing this recently, talking about YouTube comments on videos. Uh, I, I like this. This is like us ripping off Adam Buxton, but uh, in a more niche <laughs> way. But yeah, I also said when the bass comes in halfway through, it, mm-hmm. it, no, I love it. And there's got like, a sinister sort of vibe to it. The lyrics are strange because, like, the lyrics are really, like, poppy. It's like a proper, like, love song. And it doesn't really suit the sort of, like, the, the music behind it. Um, but yeah, um, I'm happy that she's added um, electronic to a sound that's working. Well, have you seen that meme that's been going around which is you know the meme of like the guy on the bus staring at the wall looking sad and the guy on the bus staring outside the window and looking happy so there's been a meme recently where they've put the sad guy in black and white and and kept the other guy in color and said what songs have the this these lyrics but this beat like basically like a very nice beat and very depressing lyrics and that's been quite interesting and here i guess it's uh yeah it is it is that the 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 reverse of like moody as fuck but still a love song (laughs) The sweet spot. Uh, The sweet spot, yeah. I mean, again, when you said edgier, I'm like, yes, that's why I like it. That's exactly why I like it. I like an edge. My my dad says that my yeah my music taste is exhausting, and all I all I want is kind of high energy stuff. Not not always, but I do like an edge. But yeah. But but do you like the edge? Do I like the edge? I do you know do you know what came to mind when you said that Bill Bailey 
Oh, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. his section on the edge <laughs> being like, you know, oh, the only reason the edge sounds like it's like, well, because it's got all this production and all he's doing there is like, down, down, down. I think, I think you two have got some good songs and he plays great guitar, but I overrated. I don't know. I think I'd, I need to reflect and listen to a playlist and come back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the edge, like, if someone said like edge was releasing a solo album, you'd be like, Okay, <laughs> but I I know some I know some big U two fans. I think I think some people out there would would really get into it. But I don't know John Frusciante. He's not. Let's say. <laughs> so Helen, what's your what's your final pick on the list? Another collaboration. Yeah. So the final one is um, I think you pronounce it Omion, or I call it like the Onion Song, um, <laughs> because it sounds a little bit like she's singing Onion. Um, and it's a collaboration she did with uh, Hercules and the Love Affair. Um, I really don't know much about this other than I shazammed it one year and listened to it lots. And um, I quite like some of the stuff that they've done. Um, this probably isn't like one of their more upbeat ones, but I, I just really like how they've, they've used her voice. And it's just kind of nice when you hear maybe singers that are generally more kind of like guitar-y based do like dancier tracks and you're like oh yeah I like your voice and I can also have a dance and um yeah I just think it's kind of like an interesting one and there's a few like interesting mixes of it as well it came out the single so um, you can kind of like up it up the dance a little bit so yeah I thought it was interesting just to show kind of the the range that she has and um yeah she's just done loads she'll just like she'll sing for anyone won't she come on <laughs> come on Sharon come and sing on my album like, yeah sure she's like yeah sure <laughs> Helen I'm so glad you picked this song because you've given me an opportunity to wax lyrical about Hercules and Love Affair who I adore I saw them live around this album tour uh, in 2017 in Antwerp and I saw them in Luxembourg in 2010 in a very very small venue like one of those gigs where I'm like I'd never heard of them I just went along and they absolutely blew the roof off they're I think they're one of my favorite live acts. I have to say the, the energy they bring is, is incredible. And from this album, the song that I'm totally obsessed with is Controller with Faris Badwan from The Horrors. And it's really interesting what you said about her being the kind of voice that you wouldn't necessar necessarily associate with this kind of electronic music. But I know that with that song with Faris Badwan, the front man of, of Hercules and Love Affair was like, I was precisely looking for rock stars who, who had an electronic sensibility. And he said that he reached out to Faris Badwan after the horrors did a cover of Your Love by Frankie Knuckles at Glastonbury, which is one of my favorite covers of all time. Like it's it's really fantastic because they they make it a bit rockier, but still keep the, the there's some great synths and uh still keep the electronic elements so yeah this song specifically i think because i love controller so much and one or two others i actually hadn't listened to it in a while and i remember being like okay this isn't one of my favorites but actually like i i really enjoyed it this time around i think her, her voice works so well with with the synths and it just i i feel almost not not quite but like your playlist got synthier as it went on and i i do think her voice works very well with synths i think i prefer her voice with synths than than guitars even though you know i'm sure you guys would disagree because you like like i used to but um yeah great pick i prefer her with synths as well so um... oh, okay. more okay. synths what do we need more synths so yeah um, i guess an omnion is a i read it's a loose 
particle in, in universe or something. I don't know. Oh wow! How, okay. Why she looked it up? <laughs> I don't. I. I mean, I don't know why she's asking that for help. I don't know. When Hercules Love Affair came out, I. I, I think I saw it from my love box maybe six years ago. It seemed like the love box sort of. I, I thought they're like a, a more of like a campy dance band, but maybe I was completely wrong. No, honestly, like it's it's such. I don't know how to describe it. It's such tight electronic music. Mm. And um, what is his name? I am looking him up now. Andy Butler. Thank you, Andy. So he... Oh, and he's now based in Ghent. Very good. Well done, Andy. Um, so, so where are they from? What's the, where he's, are they? He's, 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 he's American. So okay. I think he was, he was based in New York. So he always brings guest singers. So I think Gustav features on a few songs from this album, but then he would also sing the songs from, uh, you know, from the other guests. Unfortunately, Faris Bad One wasn't there when I saw him and I think it's the perfect mix of like a DJ in the club but also a live band it's like you feel like you have both like yeah the performance element uh where the way that he's bringing together the people and and performing the songs not quite as on the album it's really interesting and innovative but he's still a DJ it's still like a dance show so I I think both both gigs you know the first one knowing absolutely nothing and the second one knowing a bit more and, and enjoying the album and the song I felt just as great after after both of them. It's it's really like an event. So, if you can go and watch them live, I, I would really recommend it. I've I've never seen them. They're one of those bands that I've just kind of missed. But they they seem like a band that would bring the party. Like one hundred percent. And yeah, their debut album, which I guess would have been the one that they were playing uh, when I saw them in Luxembourg, is is from DFA Records. You know, so it is that world of uh of james murphy al and and yeah though those two albums so omnion and hercules and love affair are the two that i prefer because they're the ones where i saw the live band and actually i just realized they have they've released an album this year and i hadn't even noticed so i know what i'll be doing after this (laughs) although it'd be hard to dance to this too to be fair it's not really yes yeah i I didn't check whether they, they i mean they must have played this song it's the title song from from the album but but okay yeah you might not be able to dance but you can definitely bop your head yeah this is no i love sharon's like treated dreamy vocals there's definitely some sort of effect in her voice isn't there and i love the synth uh the synth pattern um yeah like i said unfortunately i can't dance to it but um it's 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 been fun learning a new word <laughs> omnion is the word of the day Omnion. Omnion. <laughs> Omnion. Omnion. Not on the not not on the cron. That's a very different thing. Yes. Yeah. Although it would be a catchy single, so it's a bad pun. Um, but <laughs> well, you know, Fran, I was just listening to our K-pop episode, and oh. uh, uh, Reggie mentions Omarion, who apparently the ra- the is he a rapper, I think, or an R&B singer, and apparently he's been having issues because that also sounds like Omicron, and he's like, I'm not a virus. <laughs> if you're an indie band wanting to be called Delta, also don't bother. Um, yeah. So. It was a surprising uh, track. I was not expecting her to... F- I had no idea she had collaborated with so many people, to be fair. But, but yeah, but even though you couldn't dance to it, you liked it. I did enjoy it, yes. But you could dance to it. Like, I'm refusing to believe that you can't. Yeah, I mean, you can dance to anything, really. But... Guys, let's meet up for the 2022 Hercules and Love Affair tour and go and dance. This but in my, in my indie disco, I prefer to dance to the Blood Buzz Ohio over this. Uh, but, but Controller... If you don't know Controller with the, from the same album with Ferris from the Horrors, that you can definitely dance to. And uh, yeah, the video's a bit mad. Um, but there we go. <laughs> so Fran, underrated Sharon Van Etten, question mark? Um, if we're pretending that she didn't exist until 2017, yes. Because I love her work from, from the last five years. 
Okay. With me, I saw that she has over 2 million monthly listeners, right? So I I don't think I enjoyed her music enough to think that she's underrated, but I'm happy to have been introduced to, to, to more of her work. Like, I, I definitely want to go and listen to her more. I don't know if I'm going to become a big Sharon Van Etten fan, you know, whatever uh, era. So for now, I will say that she's not underrated, but I'm happy to learn more and have my mind changed. <laughs> Pretty sure, like, most of those listeners were just like me on repeat. <laughs> let, let go. Well, you know, now it tells you how often you listen to songs. I think my most listened to song in, in 2021, I listened to it 151 times. And I definitely listened to it more than that because I also bought it on Bandcamp. And, you know, sometimes when there's no internet and, or whatever. So, yeah, I, I think I, I would I would estimate that up to 200. So, uh, you know, I'm sure you contributed a lot. Can I ask, though, how pop... Can you see what, what cities listen to her? Because I think in the UK, not many people would know her outside, like, maybe a sixth music listeners. This is the thing, like, uh, you know, I thought she was like a hipster, a hipster American indie person. Uh, so the cities are London top, Los Angeles, New York City, Sydney, and Brooklyn. So yeah, London top, but yeah, yeah. Uh, then the US and Australia, but yeah, big metropolitan centres. That doesn't surprise me at all. It's where the hipsters hang out. Where the hipsters hang out. I mean, these are two very hip acts that you've picked, mm. right? Even though they clearly have a big fan base um, and resonate with a lot of people. Um, yeah, is this almost hipster episode, Fran? Potentially. Well, well, weirdly, like so, the National were apparently linked to the New York team, so this could almost be a New York part two. Mm. Um, Helen, are you going to see her live? I did see she was touring this year, but um, yeah, the date didn't quite work, and also she was down to tour with the National. Wow. Oh, so, yeah. I'm like, kind of like. I mean, it's not going to happen, but kind of like crossing my fingers that this cancelled national gig may happen and she may support them. I mean, it's not going to happen, but you can dream. Um, so I have seen her. I would recommend her, but I saw her kind of on the the, the Remind Me Tomorrow tour. So mm-hmm. I don't know whether I, because she's got a new single out, which I quite like. Um, I'm not sure whether it's the levels of like 17 and Jupiter 4. Um, so if she's going to maybe be moving a bit more in a different direction. You know, when you're like, I've kind of seen the act at the perfect like moment with the album that I really, really love. And then you kind of like maybe see them again and they don't play the song. And you're a bit like, yeah. it was all right, but I want to go back and um, have and that moment again. They do like a, you know, a tour where they just play that album. Um, yeah. Thank you very much, Helen, for coming on today and chatting Sharon Van Etten and the national and live sweaty gigs. Um, what would you like to plug while you're here? Um, I guess I should plug the uh, uh, podcast. So um, please do uh, listen to Flex Watcher. Um, if you uh, search in there, you will find that Babs has been a guest. He came on and picked the film Superbad and uh, returned for an episode we had School of Rock as well. Um, and we had a lot of fun with the, those two films. So yeah, it's a weekly Netflix uh, review show we have different guests on and they they come and bring a film so um yeah you, you know, i never really know what to expect it's quite it's always good fun and yeah just uh search flix watcher for your podcast very good yeah it was very fun to guest on on flix watcher and um it's very different so this podcast is 
perhaps a bit too loose. Uh, whereas on Flix Watch, it was like, you've got a minute to say the synopsis. And I was just like, oh my God, it was, it was, it was quite a fun challenge. Uh, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, absolutely check it out. But yes, thank you very much, Helen, for, for coming on. Fran, any final words? Enjoy yourself. And if you're in the UK, you can now see gigs. So, you know, see as many as you can before they're taking them away again. Yeah, in Belgium as well. Uh, everything was lifted as of two weeks ago. So I got a lot of gigs coming up in May and June. I've got Kim Gordon. I've got Peaches. I've got Dandy Warhols, Charlie XCX. So go sing and be sweaty. Yeah, yes. Sweat off the ceiling, as you said, right, Helen? <laughs> Yeah, I've got Spectre, Sea Power, Psychedelic Furs in April. So it's Again, be... this is all so us. Like the the list we've just given is yeah, that is at the episode. If there was some kind of Fran Babs bingo, yeah, that that would be ting ting ting. Have you got any gigs coming up, Helen? Yeah. Apart from national. Yeah, I've got a few. Um I've got a few that were booked in like two thousand and nineteen that have been kind of like rolled over. So you know, like need to remember I've got them. Um Yes. Yeah. So I've got Bet coming up. Um, I've got the National I've also going to see Nick Cave at All Points East as well um, I've got Elton John at some point um, wow. and recently I've seen Damon Albarn um, and yeah there'll, there'll probably be a few more when when as and when they come up but yeah it's the, my, my first gig after lockdown was Gorillas at the O2 and it felt like being reborn so yeah very <laughs> very happy that live music is back and hopefully the, all the festivals will be able to go ahead and yeah gigs will carry on and that, that yeah music is life i was gonna say support live music guys <laughs> bye thank bye. you bye you made it to the end of another over underrated episode so what do you think do you prefer sharon van etten her guitarist do you like a gruff man with a more feminine vocal Get in touch and let us know. You can email us overunderratedmusicpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at OUMusicPod and we're at overunderratedmusicpod on Instagram. Maybe I shouldn't be so scared of folk in the end. Maybe you